Right, welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries podcast. It's another RPG a day episode, and for day eight, the word of the day is obscure. So for this episode, myself and Hannah are going to talk a little bit about the most obscure games that we own or that we play. So I think Hannah's explanation is probably going to run far longer than mine, so I'll get mine out of the way. I would say the most obscure game that I've got probably is Burning Wheel. I've only acquired it recently. I've got the, the Burning Wheel Gold revised version and the Burning Wheel Codex. It was uh, Johannes Pavla that put me on to that. And hopefully he's going to run a game of that at some point in the future. It's a a more detailed system than, than I would traditionally go for. But oddly enough, even though I'm reading it, I'm still quite excited about playing it. I'm not, I've not been turned off by the complexity about it since it has a... It has sort of like a, a life path system in it for determining like your character history and your skills, which I love. I'm a big fan of life path systems. It's chock full of stuff that makes the game feel very Tolkien-esque, despite the fact it's not strictly set in like Middle Earth, which I'm a big fan of Tolkien, so that's always a big plus. The The main book is fairly dense and sort of a bit difficult to get your head around, but the Codex offers lots of good stuff for running a game and i'll probably speak about this more and i've done a bit of an episode talking with johannes and dennis about it and hopefully we're going to do another one of those in the future although to the person who pointed out when we did that episode we're probably going to try and not talk about wine quite as much in the next episode (laughs) but yeah i'm really looking forward to playing that and like i say the you get options to play like elves dwarves orcs humans in the codex there's options for like trolls uh intelligent wolves uh stuff like that all of which i'm really excited to see and each race has their own sort of individual flavor which really like hammers home that whole like tolkien vibe so for each of them having like a special trait so for instance the elves they have a trait where as sort of like they become more despairing of the modern world you know they see their friends die they see the elven cities crumbling they build up this despair trait and when that reaches 10 you effectively like depart the world to go off to the west to like the sort of like the greylands or whatever they're called on the elven boats and you leave them the mortal world behind whereas the orcs have a trait which is all about sort of like brutality and each time like they advance and that trait increases they risk sustaining injuries because orcs like fight and like, kill each other to prove their dominance whereas dwarves they become progressively more greedy as time goes on inevitably eventually sort of like shutting themselves off in their mountain holds surrounded by their treasure and they just sort of like become entirely like isolationist and cut off from the world and i think that's really cool because it's a way for the system to reinforce the background but like i said i've done a, a whole other episode blabbling on about burning wheel and i'll probably do another episode shortly so i'm going to turn over to hannah to talk about the most obscure game she's played in so off you go love. so uh this game was an entirely homebrew system that changed rapidly and often throughout the play of the game so i'm not going to really talk about the system but I'm going to tell you a little bit about the story. Uh, The GM came up with this idea for a game that was all about breaking the fourth wall. So the story for the game is we ourselves had found a game in the local game shop, Spirit Games, where I used to work. They're still running. (laughs) Love you, Phil. You're brilliant. (laughs) 
buy books from Phil. Um, we had got this game out of the bargain bin at the shop, taken it back. It had still got somebody else's old notes in it. Robin, and it, Robin Williams. And it was supposed to be one of these like old uh, printed-on photocopy paper RPGs that you used to get like in the mid-90s. We, we started playing the game and we went into a sort of a trance, at which point, yeah, it was very Jumanji. We were in the game world as ourselves, but also our characters, and it all got very fourth wall breaking. Um, certain things that happened in the real world, because the GM was sort of stalking us on Facebook and stuff to make the game work better, so things that were happening in our real life were also happening in the game. Um, certain things would get blamed in the game on things that had happened within the game, like the villain was the one that made one of the player characters lose their job. It got quite dark here and there. Um, we ended up facing off against somebody else who had been playing this game for a lot longer than us, and it was the original writer of the game. And they'd uh, done various things to be able to break through that fourth wall and bring things from the game world into the real world. Whereas we could just take our knowledge in between the two realms. They uh, did some various villainous things and ended up taking over most of Britain. We were like in held out in a bunker uh basically doing tabletop role plays to save the world, doing various different games because we discovered that if we could collect the 12 magic MacGuffins, we could put them together and defeat the bad guy. We did all that, uh, three MacGuffins down and we did all that, and then we realised that the real bad guy was the person that was making us play this game in the first place as the GM made themselves the villain of the entire piece. At which point we had to go and get the most powerful MacGuffin ever from uh, by using characters from other games that we'd previously played uh, and using a character that I'd had in a previous uh, superhero game who could time travel to go back to when the original game had first started, the day when our good friend, the GM, had gone into Spirit Games and found this box in the bargain bin and bought it for a fiver. Uh, and we set things in motion so that he would get run over on the way there and never be able to buy this game and thus none of it would ever have happened. <laughs> As I said, it was an obscure story. Yeah, that is fairly obscure. I've got to give you that, sweetie. Now, obviously, this is this is a game I didn't play in myself, but uh, I, I do remember you talking a lot about it at the time because I'm a person. I'm not a fan of sort of like ad hoc sort of like rule systems that change. I like, I like to know where I am with the rules. But I certainly know Hannah and like the other people playing it really enjoyed it. And let's face it, you don't really get much more obscure than like someone's own personal project that they just created themselves. So I think that's a really good example of it. Love and like you say, it allowed you to do things that 
maybe you wouldn't have been able to do in like a normal RPG, you know, it's like breaking the fourth wall. Or there's a few multi-genre games out there. I know there's like rifts and stuff like that. But uh, glad you had a good time with it, basically. <laughs> so I think that's us pretty much sorted for Obscure, Burning Wheel for me, and this strange fourth wall sort of multi-genre spanning heroes meets Jumanji wrapped up in an apocalypse wrapper for Hannah. So that's it for this short episode. We will catch you soon where we'll be doing episode nine, Critical. So until we see you then, take care.